0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy I'm Ben Slowy. Today on the show I've got my good friend Hannah Strukoff You said that weird I, yeah, um. I, uh, I held my words for a sec um, uh, She uh, Uh, is going into community arts uh, which is a very important component of our local art scene and um, she's currently a student at UWM and I'm interested in hearing everything she has to say on the matter and also I just adore her and I'm really (laughs) excited to just sit and hang out with her. So, Hannah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ben. much for having me. Yeah, Can course. I interest you in a Bloody Mary you, before we begin? uh that tickles my fancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does. i Okay. Full disclosure, I started pouring his before we recorded. That is so okay. I know how you wouldn't be able to tell. You wouldn't be able to tell. Well, yeah. I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want people to know.
0: Oh wow! So Jimmy loves Bloody Mary mix.
1: I swear by this. This is the same Bloody Mary mix they use at Ma Fisher's. Wow. Um, so that's the all. I, that's all I know about Jimmy. Loves it's so good. Try. We'll stir it up first. Don't. Okay. Don't sure. go crazy yet. So this Bloody is very DIY. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's not. It doesn't have like the the sausage and the uh, like the cheese whips and the, the olives and stuff. Like you know. A bloody at the wicked hopwood but try that yeah but you know I'm I'm just open to this so you just turned 21
1: the other day I did I'm sorry I'm gonna pop you off a little bit more Please I just do I just turned 21 on August 3rd yes um so uh, happy belated. Thank you. I was able to stop at your sh- party for just a little bit. Thank you for coming. I, I was glad. I was really happy that you oh, came. I'm happy
0: you invited me.
1: You're always a happy face. Oh my god. A you- ray of sunshine. Oh, so
0: are you. Uh, you, <laughs> uh, you. no, you make me happy whenever I see you. Uh, I always have a ton of fun at your parties. Thank you. Your parties are really the only parties I still go to. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, like, uh, party that much like I used to, but, um... Yeah, no, was, I, I, there were chickens walking around on your party.
1: That was so strange. I was like, I wasn't expecting this. Usually when people say I wasn't expecting this on my 21st, it's usually like strippers or, you know, illegal drugs. For me, it was like chickens.
0: Yeah, walking were, around if anyone back. saw that post of that of me with a chicken while I was drinking, that, uh, like, I was drinking and th- there was just a chicken. That was Hannah's party. So, uh, well... Let's get into it. Cheers.
1: Cheers. Enjoy. Oh, wow. Alcoholic tomato soup. (laughs) Mm. And it's cold.
0: And it is cold. Mm. Um, Yeah, so, uh, full disclosure, I don't like Bloody Marys. I I never...
1: Then why did you tell... Okay. No, okay. Okay. No, 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 no. no.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, let me clarify. Okay. I haven't... Found a taste for it yet? Okay, I am very much open to the idea of it. I actually was talking about this on an episode recently that like I just need to have a good one, I just need to acquire the taste. Um, I've only ever had like one in my life, anyway, yeah, and that was um, like on my birthday, like two years ago, but um. But I mean this hey this isn't bad. I just have to sip it, slow. Sip it it's, slow. It's it's not like a chug sort of thing.
1: The thing about like buying mixes is like all those you know the spices the seasoning things you add at a restaurant they're already in. This is already in there. So this is a lot to handle. But, yeah, it, yeah,
0: but it's okay. Um, I'm happy it's happening cuz it does taste good. It's just I think it was just a matter of like having a whole drink of one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one thing I haven't quite gotten to. But we're here, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. So, Hannah, what we talk about at Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear through our creative and passionate minds, and uh, basically, uh, the driving force behind why you do what you do. So, um, I, you know, we've obviously partied together a good amount. Uh, I want to shout out our friends, uh, Scarlett Crawford, uh, Kobe Brown, Ramesh Alex Jaya, who they were both just here uh, about two weeks ago. Um, I posted the episode. Um, check it out. Check it out. And uh, yeah, I've always just had a good time hanging out. Uh, so I'm excited, like I said, to just be able to really, really get to know the real you. Oh my God.
1: It's a scary thing, man. You might regret it. You might not post the episode. Just kidding. Um. Try me. <laughs> okay. Try me. Um.
0: So, Hannah, mm-hmm. first I want to know. Uh, I guess, like, where did you really start finding, like, a, uh, uh, a passion for uh, arts uh, uh, specifically in the context of your community and why you, you are going into what you're going into?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, I've been interested in art and creating drawings and paintings since I was really little. Um, You colored in the lines. I colored in the line. I colored out of the lines. I was very into filling up sketchbooks. Sure. I love drawing people. I started oil painting when I was like 10. Oh wow. So yeah, I loved it. Um, But it wasn't until I got to like my junior year of high school that I really wanted to start making work that meant something. Um, it started off with me making really emotional-based pieces about things I was going through at the time. And then once I got to my senior year of high school, I started making pieces that surrounded issues of environmentalism, mm-hmm. women's rights, um, sexual assault. Um, so then it was actually really interesting. I remember showing my parents my work when I was you know, like 17 years old. They were like, you know, Hannah, work can just be beautiful. It doesn't have to have a meaning to it, and I remember that really bothered me, and I really held on to that. Um, so that, I guess that answers your first question. That, yeah. That's like, I that was like 17,
0: so. No, no, no. I mean, keep, I, yeah, I mean like, so why did it bother you?
1: It bothered me because I, you know, I think having certain talents, whether it's drawing or musical theater or dancing, you in that sense have a privilege of, you know, you can do something great. With Mm -hmm. your body and I think just to make things that are beautiful and this is a discussion we've had in a lot of my community arts classes uh, just to create things that are visually pleasing is you know kind of selfish Mm -hmm. or maybe selfish isn't the right word maybe someone would say something else but it's kind of selfish because self-absorbed maybe maybe self-absorbed maybe um, privilege in itself just to make art because it's visually pleasing um, you know, you have the opportunity to really say something that matters, mm-hmm. and you can do that with um, physical performance. You can do that with a drawing, mm-hmm. you know. And um, when I ri- originally came to UWM, I was a double major in art and design, so that I would have been a bachelor bachelor's degree in art and design with a concentration in drawing and painting. So pretty general, and then my double major. And then I just found out about community arts and I thought that was like a much better use of my time because it was gonna be spending time in art that was driven and pointed to issues that I really cared about and it also gave me an opportunity to not just be a studio artist yeah I like I've gotten to a point and I'm not saying this is a good thing I wish it was different actually that I'm just not you know, locking myself in my studio anymore like I was when I was younger. And I feel like there's a better use of my time, especially in giving back to communities like Milwaukee in the art market, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I just wanted to take it a step further and make impacts to people that don't have that same opportunity.
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, that's what's uh, shaped uh, arts that have been present uh, over all civilizations is, uh, you know, representing what a community is dealing with, you know, Mm -hmm. what, how it's a mode of communication of a feeling or an emotion, uh, that may not be communicated otherwise. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, art can say a thousand words, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it can say just more than what you can articulate, um, verbally. So, uh, like, I mean that I think all that's beautiful uh, going and you know uh, finding ways to uh, help it sort of symbolize what you're passionate about so um, it's like what are you learning in your classes
1: well so this past year my junior year I took a series of uh, community arts courses called intro to community arts and then community arts Two. and that's with Raul Deal at UWM who is the head of the community arts program shout out shout out to Raul Deal he's he loves what he does and he goes way farther than he needs to for any of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that course specifically we would meet every Friday for two and a half hours and we would discuss upon the reading we would have the previous week before and we were basically reading on community artists from the past two three decades in different cities all over the country some all over the world and what like the projects they were doing the background for the project the background of the city in which they were working and we had depth discussions about it and all kinds of things relating to that specific article. Mm-hmm. And um, within that time period, um, fall of 2018, we had the opportunity to work with Project Ujima, which is an organization through the Wisconsin Children's Hospital. This group encompasses youth that have been directly or indirectly exposed to violence, and we had the opportunity to collaborate with them and Peace Paper, Peace Paper is fund, founded by, I forgot his last name, so I do apologize. His name is Andrew. He goes all over the world and he meets with victims of war, sexual assault, war crime, and they basically take their chosen clothing, chop it up, pulp it up, make it into paper, and then put profound images on it. Wow. So we did that with the kids at Project Ujima. So it was like this triple collaboration, which is really common in community art. You know, you're know, you working with people from all different facets. Mm-hmm. And that was life-changing. Cool. It was, I mean, that was so rewarding, working with those students and seeing the impact that we were making in their lives. And I was like, yeah, this is why I do it. And then the following spring, I was taking this course with Nicholas Lampert. Take this course. Okay, I'll I'll take it. (laughs) You should. You would love it. It's called Issues in Contemporary Art.
0: I'm sure I would would love a class like that.
1: Yeah. So it was was one, you know, obviously it's one semester. So the semester was separated into two halves. The first half, we were completely focusing on the issue of climate change. Mm. What are artists doing to either bring awareness to or provide a solution for this issue? You know, artists are collaborating with architects, uh, other scientists. You know, oh, there's a lot of different things. Oh, right, <laughs> right, yeah. And, you know, where we're learning about things like urban gardening, floating libraries, floating markets, preparing for the ultimate water level rising that is said to be going to be impacting our country very heavily within the next few decades. And then the second half of the semester, we focused on the issue of mass incarceration. We read Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow, and it talked about how the 13th Amendment is is essentially just administrating slavery in our country Mm -hmm. and how artists are bringing awareness to that issue. Uh, Something I noticed with those two issues is everybody, I would say most everybody knows about climate change. Everybody knows what that is, even if they don't agree with it. So those artists, it was like, here are what artists are doing to solve a problem or, you know, to help with this issue or to finding a solution. But with the mass incarceration issue, because it is never talked about, that was a matter of what are artists doing to actually tell people that this is happening, because nobody talks about it. Right, yeah. It's And that's probably one of the biggest Unless things. you know somebody that's affected by it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's real. That's why like, prison, prison abolitionism is a real thing as it should be because the prison industrial complex is it's slave labor it's it's
1: heinous well it makes you think every time you see something that says made in usa who do you think it's making right yeah it's frightening and that's something i never thought about and there's a lot of corporations that use that prison labor too I think I read something and like this was just me like passing up an article on Facebook but it was um, federal prisons are suing the government because they are they're not filled to capacity or something like wow. that. because they Jesus. weren't filled to capacity like a lawsuit was in place yeah so it's you know it's all about money it's all right, about yeah. money game and a lot of my reflections at that time I was like You know some people would say it's a race issue and it definitely is of course but a big component of it is it's really just about money you know lobbyists are using these people for you know big game essentially it's all intertwined I mean oh my god it's
0: it's yeah it's all it's like all uh, that's why that's the whole reason why intersectionality exists because if we're gonna talk about racism you know we can't talk about racism without talking about socioeconomic issues we can't with, without talking about classism without talking about capitalism without talking about um you know uh toxic masculinity and sexism and um islamophobia anti-semitism you know homophobia transphobia all of it it's all it's all interconnected because at the end of the day. You know we're we're fighting against, or I guess uh, expressing against the the system that has disenfranchised so many communities and groups of people over many you know many many uh, um, uh, courses of time, and uh, you know we're we're tired of it. Yeah. Um. And this, thanks to our age of technology, this is sort of like the widest. Uh, the widest scale that information can travel so quickly where people can openly express how they feel about these things, find a community online that has been affected uh, similarly or is otherwise passionate about the same things and they build communities around that. Yeah. And uh, this is like the biggest time we've ever had where it's like we can you know, start talking about these issues on such a large scale. Absolutely. Um, so But on that note, that's what's what's allowed a lot of intersectionality to happen. Oppressing people is what is going to put money in the pockets of the oppressors.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and it's very unfortunate. And I wish that people on the conservative end of things or people on the right wing of things would see that they're just as much of a victim to that. I feel like, especially it like the top, and I don't want to get political. Well, we can't well I get political all the time so let's get political I've been with my parents for the past week and I like have to totally shut my mouth about everything but yeah let's get political so like <laughs> please no, like, I mean <laughs> by
0: all means we have to we I mean we to. are we already have been uh, but it, like it because a lot of this is po- arts are political you know like that's why there's community arts is because like this is the statement that uh, people can make against the man you know, against, yeah. like, their system is expressing themselves in some sort of creative way, you know?
1: And also bringing representation to a group of people or to even an issue within a group of people that you didn't even know existed. I mean, right. I was still learning stuff. I mean, i you know, I'm pretty ignorant to a lot of things still, you know, that's hard oh, yeah. for anybody to, like, we're all learning. really realize, yeah. realize what we're all learning and I was just, you know, all some right. of the stuff I was like,
0: oh, An example, look at uh, work songs, you know, like, uh, songs that are you know, were, that were a way for, you know, people that were enslaved, like while they were out in the fields working, it's like they, you know, engaged in work songs that have been passed on through tradition. And yeah. that was their what that was uh, an expression of how they felt. Yes. And it built a community, it sort of brought them, them together as people mm-hmm. through that. I mean, you know, uh, in the same way, a mural does downtown sure. uh, that you know uh, has some like artistic uh, expression of you know the disenfranchised.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and the thing I also feel like I forget to get back to is with community arts. Not only is bringing awareness to issues of you know whatever umbrella you want to go off of go off of, but it's also about bringing communities together and bettering a certain community. Empowerment. Empowerment Mm -hmm. and also maybe a little bit of financial gain because we're, you know, ideally artists are going to be reaching out to low income communities Mm -hmm. and impoverished communities because they're the ones that need it most. They're the ones whose public schools get the art classes cut right away Mm -hmm. because they don't have it. So, um... Isn't that so fun? The first ones are always arts programs that go. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was thinking, like, why wouldn't they cut, like, PE classes? But I think with the obesity issue, oh, yeah. she'd probably keep that ball rolling. Right. I mean, like, at the end, like, I mean,
0: a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these programs are all very, very important in their own right. Mm-hmm. It's just more of a matter, not so much of, like, oh, what do we cut first? It's more of a matter of why aren't we just funding these programs in a way that can make sure they all do exist. Right. Um, the budget cuts that happened at UWM a couple of years ago, like that, you know, downsized a lot of departments and it made people leave. It yeah. made people, you know,
1: have to pick a different major or something like that, you know? But then it's like, how do you fund everything? It seems impossible. I mean, I've never been in that position to be, you know, I've never been in that Job position and like how do we make everything work? It's right. very difficult. Right. And yeah, I didn't mean like, what do we cut first? But no, like, I,
0: know, I know what you're, you no, Yeah.
1: Yeah. How do you make that decision of like, right. so why does art get cut first? Why wouldn't you know? Buy? Well,
0: I mean, what are they? What else are they funding in the city that you know they're spending so much money doing? Um, and that's something you can take a look at. Is this where is this money going? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going towards prisons. It's going towards, you know, uh gentrification mm-hmm. well i'm sure they could use that money in those programs mm-hmm. just a thought or military oh military huge one huge, huge one. one
1: yes absolutely
0: um so um, so you're going into your senior year, yeah yes, sure that's, so, sorry so you are on home stretch um uh, so i guess like um what would you say because like i'm pretty ignorant to like how like your major is um you know preparing you for you know the next step and everything so i guess like how like what would you say like your goals are uh, career-wise like you know after school
1: with um, community arts with community arts well um Going off of that, I also have a double major in communication as kind of a backup. That was my minor. That was your minor? One of them, yeah. I have a minor in art history now. Oh, we're
0: okay. Yeah,
1: so I have like this trifecta going on, hopefully to make me as marketable as possible. Yeah. Um, After school, I mean, I'm looking for internships right now. Unfortunately, what I'm noticing is a lot of artistic or creative-based internships are unpaid. Which sucks because, like, I would love to have an internship in an art based organization and stay there after I graduate, but mm-hmm. I, need, excuse me, I need money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, believe me, I know. <laughs> after I get out of school, I mean, hopefully, I can be in a position where maybe, like, in an organization like the Milwaukee Art Museum, they're always hiring, like, up and you know, within. Um, I have. An opportunity, perhaps, to internship. So this would be an unpaid internship at, um, of like a, writing women back into history, feminist. Um, I'm I'm trying to. It's like an online. It's not a blog, but it's like um, newspaper. Its own newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a newsletter. Like mm-hmm. at their communications intern. So I might have an opportunity with that, and hopefully working. And moving up with them there and then just making money other school yeah so yeah. it's difficult so I kind of it's a little disappointing so I entered this major with the idea as said to me by you know someone in the department that oh there are a ton of agencies that will hire you outside of school and unfortunately like there's a couple like there's probably like a small handful in Milwaukee where there's like actual agencies that are you know paid but it's really difficult it's so competitive everybody that's like doing what I'm doing wants to do that mm-hmm. and needs to do that and it's difficult so after school I mean whatever pays the bill. Yeah right, right yeah exactly. But that doesn't mean I don't want to be In my own time, in my spare time, working with my community and trying to make a difference elsewhere. But unfortunately, with the state that we're in economically, it would be hard to support yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, we do have a very thriving DIY scene here. Yeah. So there's plenty of people to know. And plenty of people that do exactly the kind of work that you are hoping to do. So well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah,
1: and right. I've made I've met a lot of really cool people in the past two years, and just staying in touch with them, using them as references. Mm-hmm. That's gonna save me. I feel. Oh yeah, so. and
0: just showing up to events, showing up to you know, just visiting spaces, talking to people that are there, and letting them know who you are. Mm-hmm. That goes much much farther than. Uh, you know applying to some job on you found out indeed yeah. you know so uh yeah um well
1: I yeah I'm definitely guilty of not being active enough within the community that I want to be a part of I just feel like I for a while I just got back from Italy as you know yes, and right. I feel like before I left it was like I was working and I was hanging out with friends and I was sleeping mm-hmm. and that was it like because I definitely made you know, my friends a priority, but unfortunately, as a creative, you really have to put aside your own time yeah. to try to market yourself, and it's difficult, especially oh, yeah. when you're tired Totally. all the time. Yeah, that's all I did for about
0: um, eight months after I graduated. I didn't do any of this. I yeah, watched movies, I went on walks, hung out with friends, and drank, yes. and I slept.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's like all I did for like eight months after I graduated. I so like. And then when school starts again, that's going to be... Yeah, because this is like our summer break right now. But when school is... It's like it was school, it was work, it was friends, it was sleep. Right. Um, and it's difficult. So, I I mean, please let me know when there are other oh my there God. Are events. I, I, I got you. Because I,
0: I need to be more engaged. I want to bring you out. I will bring you out to shit because I want to see you succeed. And because you. you are... You know, the, the kind of work you're going into really matters. Thank um, you. So, and there's never too many... People that can be a part of it you know mm-hmm. so um, yeah so I guess uh, you know, like what have you like learned about community arts in Milwaukee
1: in, in Milwaukee well I can name a couple of organizations offhand um, I volunteered for Walker's Point Center of the Arts that's an after uh, primarily an after-school program um, for youth with um, mostly on the south side of Milwaukee. So they have, um, there's different sections. So like once a week, they have a local DJ come in. And there's like a DJ workshop. Um, There's a photography and digital design workshop. And then there's just a generic after school program where it's pretty like pretty little kids. And they're just working with an instructor and doing different projects every day. So it's a great outlet for kids who want to be creative um, within their community. And it's a great way for parents to have that kind of backup for after school. You know, I know there are so many programs because parents are working for kids to go after school. Mm-hmm. Um, they say kids are working or parents are working. Parents, parents. are working. Yeah. 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 So that was Rockers Point Center for the Arts. Um, it's also a gallery, obviously, mm-hmm. but then it mostly serves that purpose. Then there's artworks. Um, I. That I don't know much about artworks. That was like something that we never we never really collaborated that with them um, throughout my community art process. Um, no, for no particular reason, it just never happened. But it's just another outlet for the community, for mostly youth mm-hmm. um, and different forms of artwork. They try to keep it as diverse as possible. Um, there's also True School. That's a that's downtown. Just enough. There's. Uh, That's a little bit more specific, so it'll be like music, bands, uh, break dancing, uh, graffiti art. Yeah. So it's you know there's a ton all over Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. and it's really serving wonderfully to this community and kids in Milwaukee.
0: Totally.
1: Well, it's beautiful stuff.
0: Uh, What do you? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess like. How do you feel like it really helps specifically, like, not even just specific organizations but community arts in general,
1: like, how does it help kids? How does it help kids? Well, I mean, how does it help kids? A lot of, well, I feel like it all goes back to you never know what people are going through. I, I learned that a lot when I was working with the Project Yujima Youth. Um, some of these kids have seen stuff that no kids should see. And some, it's just, like, they're just normal kids. Mm -hmm. What, like, (sighs) community... Okay, I'm, like, getting off track here. It's, like, what... I'm just, like, so overwhelmed with that question because I feel, like community arts and art in general like what it does for kids it's a good escape for them from what they could be dealing with at home what they could be dealing with at school it's a way for them to express themselves it obviously that's art in general but it's also a way for them to give back to their community community mm-hmm. arts it gives kids an opportunity to do things like community gardens or a mural just to bring really everyone together and to bring students something that's they can really be proud of. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in my opinion, and this is like what I've seen, you know, you feel really proud when you're giving back to a certain group of people or your community. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. a little bit more so than if you did a great sketch or a great painting. And I, that's not demeaning people that do that, but I think it really gives these students something to be proud of. And yeah, I think it gives them kind of a new perspective on their own community. Like my, the place where I live is something to be proud of. My background is something to be proud of, and who I am is something to be proud of. And I can express that through different forms of art. I think the diversity angle that is really approach, like really approached to in community art all, all really, also really helps students because it's kind of that safe space. Oh yeah, mantra, they can just be themselves. Right, yeah.
0: It's like a. I mean, it can. It's like emotional therapy in a lot of ways and yeah. like a creative uh, avenue. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what uh, empowers kids from a young age. So, that's.
1: I mean, and especially it's a beautiful at work. that age. Thank you. Especially at that age, I feel like it's it's so hard to be yourself. Oh, kids, yeah. kids are mean. Kids are fucking. Middle school? Oh my God. God. I don't want to talk. Torture. It was awful. torture but even in elementary school kids are mean too, yeah and it's so hard to be yourself I can't imagine being a kid nowadays with the amount of technology I didn't have my first smartphone till I was like 12 they're like nine now and getting it like I can't imagine yeah. so I think you know how we're losing that kind of fundamental um, just what it means to be a kid like there's not really a lot of bike riding anymore there's not really a lot of making forts in a tree like that. everybody's kind of on their phones. Everybody's on their phones. Yeah. But then I feel like an art form still gives kids a chance to be authentic kids. To be kids, And not yeah. on the
0: internet. To be, have that, to retain that childlike wonder mm-hmm. You know that a lot of us, even as adults, we still want. You know, we still want to fucking chase after it. Like, I still feel like I'm a kid. Most of the time, I feel like most people should feel that way. Like, yeah, we have to pay fucking bills, and we have to work, and we have to, you know, deal with the realities of uh, responsibility that we, you know, escaped as kids. But yeah, I mean, I think you still—it's still important to like, you know, have that imagination. You know, to to still have that ability to like, you know. Escape the realities of the world and just appreciate like the little things and appreciate just uh, you know just Simple pleasures in life that just allow you to feel comfortable make you feel happy make you feel excited um, Kids are excited. They're easily excitable mm-hmm. um, That's a that's a really amazing feeling when you can still have that mm-hmm. So I feel like the more kids can learn to embrace that in a way that's going to last them a long time into their adulthood, then uh, they'll be able to naturally find it better.
1: Absolutely. And I think, like, this conversation kind of unfortunately reminds me of stories you'll see of maybe not always kids of the LGBTQ community, but it's mostly, you know, kids in that community that were bullied Mm. and are killing themselves at ridiculously young ages. Of course. I just, you know, that makes me wish that maybe if they couldn't express themselves at school quite yet, or if they couldn't express themselves at home quite yet, they could have had some kind of outlet within their community to just kind of escape for a while Mm -hmm. because People get bullied for things they can't control every single day. Right. And if you have the means to express yourself in some kind of outlet that saves lives, that changes lives. Literally does. Creativity Like, it can save your
0: life. Yeah. For sure. A lot of the artists and celebrities that we look up to that do something, like, they act or they perform or they sing, do whatever it is. Like, they went through that. You know, and art saved their lives, mm-hmm. and now they inspire millions of other people going through the same shit mm. um you know, so yeah, no li- like art literally does save lives it's the closest thing to magic that we have, I like to say yeah. um because like you know how like when you f- I was talking about this on an episode yesterday, like you know how that feeling you have when you uh, just feel like you connect with a song, or a painting, or a pictures, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You just find yourself just, you know, mesmerized by it. You find yourself just so um, emotionally drawn to it in such a... in like a peculiar way that you can't quite put words to, mm-hmm. you know? Like, where Absolutely. you just can't explain it, you know? It's, in awe. Yeah, yeah, okay. right. Awe, ah, that's perfect. Cause like, when you find yourself in awe at the artistry of another person, then, you know, like, I, I mean, I feel like that's that's magic. Yeah, I feel like it's the closest thing we have to that. Like,
1: so, yeah, I mean it's all about personal connection and how you relate to like whatever talent and it's all different for everybody i mean i like i can't play any instruments so it's i'm like i see people like just like making love to their guitar i don't get that you know but it's amazing for that and then you know some people are like i can't draw anything
0: I couldn't color in the fucking lines when I was a kid. It's okay. <laughs> I had my art box, and I had, like, all the different markers and shit. Like, I had, like, every, like, the obscure color markers. And, Ooh. Right, right. Teal. Oh, yeah. Light teal. pink. Oh, my God. The light pink and the hot pink There's a difference. Ooh, yes, there right. is. Definitely. Big difference.
1: I'm really jealous because now Crayola is selling markers that represent skin tone and like I said before I drew a lot of people when I was like younger I just loved like you know it was ridiculous and I had to use like bullshit colors for everybody's body and faces. And now they're selling like it's like a it's like a foundation shade palette Crayola style. Like tell me why I shouldn't be upset. Like Oh girl be upset. (laughs) but yeah no then like that that alone makes me happy it's like finally like you know now people get to be seen people get to be seen yeah
0: Yeah, so i'm kind of another note sort of relating to this really more to a point you made earlier um so so where'd you grow up i grew up in palatine illinois ah okay um i'm from illinois as well
1: I'm just kidding. Not up, fibs. Fibs! Um, Go Bears. Right. Sorry, I'm gonna bring down your ratings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, people are gonna unlike my page now. Anyway, (laughs) so you said you grew up, like, so you grew up in a pretty conservative family, yeah? Yeah. So, how do you, how did, like, I guess what really, because, I mean, you're obviously passionate about, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the, the liberal slant of politics and everything, and, like, that's a big part of, like, your artistry. Like, where did you find yourself sort of, like, you know, unlearning how you were, like, raised, like, with, like how you were raised, like, how your household was?
1: Sure, um...
0: If you don't mind.
1: Like, no, that's yeah. okay. I, I to, mean, I remember being, like, six years old, and I don't know about you, but around Martin Luther King Day, we would watch My Friend Martin, that, like, that, it was a cartoon, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Um... And I, I kind of grew up with just kind of hearing like racist rhetoric around the house and this and that, and certain comments were made. And um, I don't know. I like we watched that movie in first grade and all throughout elementary school, and I would just always come home and be like, "We're the problem." Like, what the hell? Like, we are the problem. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, and I was obviously like, I was afraid of my parents a little bit and I didn't speak my truth until much later but I just remember um, like being in church and you know being at home and just really feeling disgusted by the homophobic comments I would hear but keeping that to myself it really wasn't until I was a junior in high school um, I had my first I was with my first boyfriend Logan and his parents were Democrats he was a Democrat um, they were atheist. That was like huge for me. <sighs> and, you know, because at the time I was identifying as Christian. Yeah, yeah. And what I noticed about him and his family and like my family, they never told me what to think. They never yelled at me. They never criticized me for thinking differently than them. They just kind of explained to me how they felt. And I went, you know, and then I would see how my family and how, you know, you know, people who were raising me, how they operated and eventually i just like really sat down and like listened to them and like really considered certain things and then really held on to that empathy that i was feeling for the lgbtq community and i was like why do we hate them so much especially in christianity it's Mm -hmm. like and i went to a fund an independent fundamental baptist church and that's like intense that's like intense christianity and they were so harsh on the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. I was like, why? They're just people. Right. And I really just started, you know, holding on to what I was feeling inside and the new things that I was learning. I started studying. Once I got to college, I started studying people like Christopher Hitchens and Stephen Hawking, started identifying as atheists. Uh, by the time I graduated high school, I was like, I'm a Democrat. I'm a socialist. And so, yeah, I mean, I just... I guess I unlearned what I was taught because I had the opportunity to really dive into a new perspective, but -hmm. also because I felt confident enough to, you know, really stand up for the feelings that I was feeling as a little kid. Yeah. So, um, I, my sister as well is also a liberal Democrat like me, and I talked to her about it and she just simply puts it as we value different things than our family. Right. But... And a lot of people say, like, you know, like, when I'm with my family, they're like, don't get into politics. Why are you getting into politics? It's like... How can we not? It's not even politics. It's, like, morality. Yeah. It's It's humanity. It's humanity. Basic humanity. Like, why aren't we talking about it? Why am I angry? Because what you're saying is is morally horrid. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yes. Yeah,
0: and I mean... So thank you for sharing.
1: Thank you um, for asking. Of course,
0: I mean I think it's important to talk about because you know I know a lot of people that were raised in very like you know fundamentalist or otherwise like conservative households that you know uh, defied those values or beliefs like as they grew up. <clears throat> like and the thing is is like I don't even know if it's I'd like to I mean yeah like traditionally like a lot of these things you're saying, like, are, like, you know, when we talk about, like, conservatism, a lot of it is sort of that, you know, stick to tradition, stick to the way, like, you know, um, like, a lot of Christian America was, you know, built around and everything. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing, sure, but I think that it's not even always a, a, a Democrat versus Republican thing, because, I mean, my parents were Democrats. Uh, you know, they're liberal, and um and they're also atheists but you know my parents like growing up like i mean they said shit that you know was problematic growing up too you know like i think at that point it's more of a generational
1: thing i was just going to say that
0: i mean yeah that's, it's just a,
1: yeah. we're the generation of pc we're the generation of you probably shouldn't say that you no know, right?
0: that's not just a matter of like what your political views are but i mean it doesn't ma- it doesn't mean you like you can't be racist. It doesn't mean you can't be problematic. It doesn't mean you still can't be a piece of shit at yeah. the end of the day. I'm like, I mean, I love my parents to death, and they're great people. They, I admire them and look up to them a lot, but you know, like, you know, when I was growing up, like, my parents said shit that I wouldn't be part of them saying now. Yeah. But that's okay. That is okay, because that may have been 15 years ago. And now, like, you know, they've been It's still a matter of like calling it out when you see it, you know, sharing what you hold true to yourself and sharing like what you're passionate about and letting them know how when someone says something that you don't like or hurt your feelings by why that affects you Mm -hmm. and like why that makes you feel a type of way. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's become really difficult. I feel like when I was younger, and I was, you know, I, I was a very sensitive person. It was easier for them to sympathize with, especially my mom. It was easier for her to sympathize with me. But now, especially in regards to the immigration issue, it's like I'm shocked at what I'm hearing, um, and I just really think it's about morals. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a difference there. And my dad and I used to get into it all the time, and now we just don't talk about that anymore. Mm -hmm. We just know it's not going to lead to anything. But, but for you know, for the record, I mean, with me thinking this way and them thinking that way, they've met Alex. They've met, you know, they've been in situations where they've been uncomfortable, and they've handled it great. And both of them consider, you know, Alex to be like family. Of course. And it's. You know, I'm really proud of them at the same time Because, like, what you said, like, you know, that might have been 15 years ago, I mean time Times have changed, they have changed yep. Your parents have changed, I'm right. sure
0: it's just, And so have you and I Like, Yeah. I mean I said shit that was Fucked up growing up too, you know I said shit that was fucked up Right, like, like two days ago Yeah, <laughs> right, and it's like It's just a matter of checking yourself and yeah. identifying That, like, okay, I shouldn't have said that I'm not I'm gonna do better next time Mm -hmm. Um, You know like Especially like you know Us men Like you know we're raised uh, You know we're raised in a lot of Homophobic culture Misogynist culture Racist culture All kinds of like we're just taught to think shit like that Is funny and that it's okay to just Say what the fuck You know you whatever you think is gonna Like get a rise out of people and it's like You're And it's like you know that somehow like makes us feel elevated, but you know, like you're like these words and and these feelings harbored towards groups of people they have real consequences. They have real um, outcomes against these people, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why you know we made say something that you know the like we immediately regret saying but it's a matter of checking yourself and being like okay i'll do better i fucked up
1: Mm -hmm. i feel like people that have a lot of privilege and have more opportunity have are more likely to say more fucked up things in anger because
0: they're more used to getting away with what whatever yeah yeah of course so um so i mean hey all you do better do better do better check yourself
1: don't scream when you're angry. Don't yell. Just breathe.
0: Yeah. Walk away, and then return. And
1: start drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, and drinking, too. Um. All right, Hannah. Mm. Thank you for being on the show. It's Thank
1: awesome. you for having me, Ben. Yeah, I had a great
0: time. This was
1: really good. Do you feel tipsy? Be, I'm okay. a little tipsy. To-
0: okay, totally. Um, I only drank about half of that. I'll finish yours. Okay. Wow, things I never thought I'd say. Um, uh, so, Hannah, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night.
1: Oh my God, insomnia. Just like clinically, it's uh, that's a thing. It's real. But what gets me to sleep is NyQuil, as of late, definitely. So.
0: Oh, you answered my other question. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's this is my good. Inter-
1: this is my interview now. This oh is wow.
0: My show. Okay. Oh. <laughs>
1: unbelievable
0: <laughs> thank you for being on the show
1: thank you for having me hon this yeah. was so fun I had fun
0: too it was really good to talk and hang out and everything so uh, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy Bye, yes. we'll see you next time have a good night Mr. Nice Guy